0: I have not spent a ton prior to this study a ton of time studying the tabernacle, so this is a lot of fun for me personally to go through this process, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, I I really do. I lost my uh, oh there it is lost my clicker. Um, so you know we have to keep in mind that all of this. This tagline for his glory. All of the tabernacle is so the glory of the Lord can interact with man. Man can connect with God in a very real way. Okay? That is the purpose of the tabernacle. And today we're going to be talking about uh, the workmen, the workers, those that were involved in the building of the tabernacle we remember we have our design and build concept in Exodus 25, the verses will be on the screen, but if you wanna turn there, it will be in Exodus 25 and Exodus 35, just a little into 36. Exodus 25, eight and nine, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. Okay, so that was the purpose. That was the the um, the, um, the 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 reason for the construct. And then we see the build, the build. And every in Exodus thirty-five, starting in verse ten, and every wise-hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord hath commanded. In verses twenty-five, jumping down thirty in Exodus thirty-five, to verses twenty-five and twenty-six. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. And all the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. And then we also see later in 35, lot on here. So if you need to follow it on, on in scripture, please do. And Moses said unto the children of Israel, see, the Lord hath called by name, Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he hath filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, and to devise curious works, and to work in gold and in silver and in brass, and in the cutting of stones, to set them, and in carving of wood, to make any manner of cunning work. And he hath put in his heart that he may teach both he and Ah, Aholaab, the son of, it's like when I read it, I'm like, oh yeah, I can pronounce that. Then I actually have to do it. The son of uh, Hissamach of the tribe of Dan then um, uh, he hath filled with the vision of, uh, of heart or with wisdom of heart to work all manner of work of the engraver of the cunning workman of the embroiderer in blue and in purple and scarlet and in fine linen and of the weaver, even of them that do any work and of those that devise cunning work. So a lot going on here. We're gonna unpack it, but it's really cool that in Exodus 25, the Lord says, hey, I need people to build this tabernacle for me. That's the plan that I'm choosing. Could the Lord have assembled the tabernacle himself just by speaking and made it well, I mean last I checked, he created a whole a whole world, a whole universe, a whole earth, planets, moon, star. Like he could have put this place together. He could have peeled it out of the rock or whatever. But he chose to use people to create a place for him to worship. Okay, or for him to be worshiped rather. Okay, we cannot miss the forest for the trees here. He voluntarily made a pathway for his people to participate in the mission. Okay, it was voluntary. Now, it's really important to notice the pronouns. Now, you won't hear me talking a lot about pronouns. I don't put he, him, his on my email if you do that or something similar to that, I'm not judging you. I think it's pretty clear. I'm a he, him, his. <laughs> okay, that's pretty clear. Now, if there's some question, I'm all good with people clarifying it. I really am. Does anybody remember Saturday Night Live, Pat? <laughs> like, it's, oh, it's really interesting how like they don't replay that anymore. But anyway, um, okay. So we need to notice the pronouns in Exodus 25. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and of the pattern of the instruments thereof. Even so shall ye make it. Now, let's look at the uh, the pronouns for a second. Who is the them? Well, who's God talking to in in this passage right here? It's not a hard question. Who is God ta- Who is God speaking to? Moses. Moses. Right, right, right. So well, he's speaking, he's, he's interacting with Moses, right? Not meant to be a curveball. So God says, let them make me a sanctuary. Who's the them? The children, the children of Israel. At least other people than Moses, because he's referring to other people, right? Are we good on that? So they... Others, them, they will make it. And then he says that I may dwell among them according to all that I shall show thee. So who's the thee? Moses. Okay? So God shows Moses, and Moses has a responsibility to communicate to the them, to the they. Okay? Again, we don't want to miss the forest for the trees. It's a very clear pattern that's going on here, and we'll see it multiple places in Scripture. After the taber, uh, pattern of tabernacle, pattern of the, uh, all the instruments thereof, even, so even so shall ye make it. Who's the ye? Ah, maybe it's not quite so clear. Well, it's Moses and everybody else. It's a plural, okay? So, you know I don't plug the King James a ton from this spot. We, I think everybody <laughs> here knows that we teach from the King James. It is our authority. But this is where the King James... English is more descriptive than newer versions, okay? People say, I don't like the thee, thou, though, thou'st, and the ye, and you, and... Well, it's because there's a reason. I mean, not not because they don't like... There's a reason those words are there, like that, okay? So, if you want to write this, it's not a quick side note. If it starts with a T, it's singular. So, (coughs) thee, thine, thou, thy, thyself. That's I'm speaking to somebody or I'm speaking about somebody. It's singular. If it starts with a Y, ye, you, your, yours, yourself, is plural. So there's a level of differentiation in the King James Bible that most new versions don't have. If you're not careful, okay, so we're cleaning Saturday. And I say, I need you to go clean the men's bathroom. Who's going? I don't know. (laughs) Because you is not specific enough. Okay? You can be you. It can be you. It could be you. Okay? You is not... The English language arguably has degraded. Certainly the North American English language has degraded enough to where you is not as specific as it used to be. You used to be... You, not an individual, you, okay? That, that was a ye, or I'm sorry, that was a thee. So the y's are plural, the, t, the these are singular. Hopefully that will help you a little bit, okay? So y'all, because we're gonna work in some Texas here, y'all will make it, y'all, okay? That's one way to help Remember, okay, the ye, y'all will make it. So Moses hears from God and gets a pattern, and then it's his job to communicate to those who are not present. Can anybody else think of examples, and don't look ahead on your notes, because I've got an example that's not on your notes. Can anybody think of a situation where God gave somebody a commandment or instruction, and it was their responsibility to communicate it to somebody else? Yes, but a really, like, right at the beginning of the... Bo- Adam. Adam and Eve. That's where I was going, at least. I'm sorry, I wasn't clear enough. <laughs> That's the, the... Literally, that breakdown... And yes, it happens all the way through Scripture. Like, well... Uh, a lot, I mean, like, literally all the prophets. Like, literally all of... Th- this pattern is everywhere in Scripture. So I didn't set you up well with the t- with, the, with the question. But that breakdown is what caused the fall of humanity. God spoke to Adam. Adam wasn't clear to Eve, or Eve didn't hear Adam clearly something, and Satan took that as an opportunity to attack, okay? This pattern of God communicating to a person and that person communicating to other people is all through scripture. Now, it's not the only way it happens, but it definitely happens this way, okay? Let's look at a couple other examples. <clears throat> go ye therefore and teach all nations. So let, let's apply what we just learned. Who's the ye? Yeah. Y'all. <laughs> Y'all are going and teach na- nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ge- uh, Ghost, teaching them to observe all the things whatsoever I have commanded you. The you is a direct reference to the people he's speaking to. So here's another, uh, I'm gonna read something. And if you, if you should have said the class we, you should have taken was English, you'll know why. By the way, it's also helpful to realize that the pronouns ending in EE are always in the nominative case, while those ending in OU are the objective case, okay? What's that mean? That the and ye will always be either the subject or the predicate nominative of a sentence, whereas thou and you will always be the direct object or object of a preposition. So he's speaking to, but he's expecting you, okay? There, so he's speaking passively, or not passively, what's the word I'm after? Um, the, um, the objective these are objective. He's speaking directly to the disciples and he's speaking about all believers. Okay? The ee or the those that end in e are more than just right there, okay? So as a result, we all are supposed to go forward or go uh, go therefore, even though what he commanded was only to the disciples that were present with him. We weren't there. So if we weren't there, does that absolve us of the responsibility of going? No, because he's like, go ye. So even if he's speaking about what he talks to the disciples about, he's saying everyone must go, okay? So y'all go, Jesus, I, directly set the plan, the disciples, you, were taught. Let's look at another example, Acts 16. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. That's interesting. God spoke to Paul through a vision, but Luke, the author of the book of Acts, realizes, hey, I've got to go too, and others on the team. This happens all the time in scripture. Again, does that mean God can't speak to the individual? Of course not. He speaks to individuals all the time and tells them to do things that aren't, don't include telling others, okay? But my point is, God will speak to someone specifically and challenge them to communicate truth elsewhere. So the, the building lesson, the first building lesson is, the Lord speaks to and through others and the message may be for you. The message may be for you. I would like to think, I've calculated up. I've taught m- more than 100 lessons in front of, uh, in front, uh, from, from this proverbial platform, okay? More than 100 lessons. I would like to think something, maybe one comment, one time, somebody got something out of. That the Lord gave me and I passed it on. I'll take one time. We'll be good. Sometimes the Lord speaks through a certain individual and passes it on. He does this in families, he does this with authority, pastoral and um, um, what, like the civil authorities through governments, through through the 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 the, the priesthood of the believer just sharing, like how many times have we encouraged our fellow brethren, right? So there's all sorts of times God speaks to one person and it might be for you. Pay attention to that. It's a really important point because none of those folks that are building the tabernacle were with Moses. Like none of them were with him on the mount. They've got to do a really important job. They're building a place for the Lord to interact with his people And they're going 100% off of what Moses says to them. And they got to trust him. All right. Our second phase of our message today is this concept of wise hearted. Okay. Wise hearted. Now, these words are generally taken from the Strong's uh, explanations, not uh, to verbatim I, I tweaked it a little bit to fit on the but wise well what's it mean you're never supposed to use the word in its definition but we are it's it's wise it's just like what you think somebody who who can figure things out they 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 understand right somebody who's skillful in technical work and not necessarily like I don't think he was referring to IT technical work although somebody who is skillful in that they're wise right why isn't administration shrewd, crafty, cunning, wily, subtle? Even if you're doing it for the wrong reason, you're kind of wise. You've probably heard that joke. Man, if they or that comment, if they would just apply that knowledge to a, a regular job. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's all good. If they could just, if, if the criminal that was, was breaking in to websites and stealing people's – like, it's happening all the time. I don't know. Every time I feel like I open the mail, my my data was breached by somebody, right? Like, if those people would just apply themselves, they could probably get a pretty good IT job. Yeah. Like, probably a really good IT job, actually. I don't know. I think it's Catch Me If You Can, movie with Tom Hanks and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's based on a true story and there's enough truth in the story. I do have the characters right or the actors right. And yeah. That guy that Tom Hanks is the FBI or Secret Service, whatever, is trying to catch uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. The character that Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio is playing is a real person. And after he did federal time for all of that, he got out and is now one of the premier people in the world developing security systems. He's developed most government IDs around the world, government-issued IDs, including most of our driver's license, I would assume both Missouri and Kansas. I mean, he, he took all of this energy that he had been putting toward doing bad things and he put it toward doing good things and he's made exponentially more money. Like it's, it's kind of a neat story. Um, but so it's not just wise, what you might think of. It's actually people that are kind of shrewd or crafty or cunning, wily, like the coyote. Um, <laughs> learned, shrewd, uh, learned, learned or shrewd class of men, the wise, right? right? Like the wise men, right? Um Prudent wise ethically or religiously. And then this concept of heart, that's the inner man, the mind, the will, the heart, the understanding. You know what's interesting? God God gives you your ability to understand. And if you don't understand, then you need to pray to God and ask him to help you understand. And he can unlock that in your brain. It's really cool. I can't tell you how many it's happened... Dozens and dozens of times where I don't understand a verse. I don't understand what God's coming on. Sometimes he uses the the pastors in my life. Sometimes he uses people in this class. Sometimes he uses studying words. Sometimes he uses Google, right? To help me understand. He unlocks it. I don't know if that's ever happened to you where it's like all of a sudden you see it. All of a sudden you get it. You didn't do that. Now you had to put a little bit of effort in, but God unlocks that door. The soul, the heart of a man, the, the mind, knowledge, the thinking, reflection, the memory, this heart. So it's interesting. The wise hearted, the folks that are actually doing the construction here, where did that ability come from? From God. That ability came from God. These folks that were spinning goat hair, these women that were spinning this linen and spinning, I probably should have put linen and goat hair. The, the work and the gold and the silver and the brass, the, the cutting of stones, the, the understanding of how to do that precisely, the carving of wood, the embroidery, and all the, the intricacies associated with the, the, the textiles, all of that came from the Lord. And I think that is so beautiful. I think it's so beautiful that God chooses to use his people, puts the gift in them to be able to do it, Boy, I hope you see where this is going because it's like, it's just laying right there. He puts the gift in them, the ability for them to do it. Now, now this is a thing. So if we echo back to a few weeks ago when we talked about the different aspects of the materials and what they're for, look at this. The protection, the goat's hair protection, the gold, silver, and brass, those were the items of service in the tabernacle, the cutting of stones. That was how God would speak to the priests and back and forth. The communing, the carving of wood, that was a structure and the embroidery was a form of adoration or worship. Like, like this is the ministry we, options we have right now today at church. Like we have people that have been involved in, in praise and worship to this morning. We have folks that have been involved in the structure uh, the pre-service meeting was led by Erica. Like we have people that are that were involved in the cutting of stones and setting up the ability to commune in prayer. Like Shane managed that. We have folks in service literally at the front doors and at the counters. Decker's uh, currently serving. I think Chris is serving. Uh, Daniel's serving uh, in, in those areas. And this is not exhaustive. My point is, And even protection, we have folks standing out. I don't know that anybody's on the security team this week, but we have folks standing out with the police officer who will coordinate to protect here. Like, it's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture. And if you're not one of these folks in some way, right? And and look, I, you know, it, we could we could probably work the cafe in another way here. We could probably work some other you know AV and stuff in here. It's okay. It doesn't all have to line up perfectly. But if you're not involved in doing something, find a place to fit in. Find a place to be essential so that people can connect and commune and worship the Lord. Like he chose to use people for that. He chose to, and it, it brings him great joy. Actually, so. Maybe you have a special set of skills. Nobody laughs at that? Mm-hmm. Nobody laughs at a special set of Okay, thank you, Debbie. I have a special set of skills. Nobody's seen that? Has anybody seen that movie? Okay. It is just not funny. Okay, I get it. Okay, mental note. <laughs> it's uh, taken, isn't it? Isn't it taken? Yeah. I will find you. He says you. it taken too. Also. Well, he says it in all of them because it's kind of a tagline. Mm-hmm. I have a special set of skills. You have a special set of skills. Hopefully it isn't finding people and like torturing them until they tell you where your daughter is. But <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I do hope you have that. Yeah. But, but you have a special set of skills. And like the, uh, what's the commercial? The, uh, the farmers. Farmers. farmers, he knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two. Maybe you've done something. The Lord has taught you something in your life that you now need to apply at the church. I'm a kid at heart, so, so I work with the kids. The, so you work with the kids, exactly. You have a special set of skills, and you've seen a thing or two, so you know a thing or two. Jump in. Jump in. I didn't know how to say this when I was praying, but there, it wouldn't bother me. It would be weird, but it wouldn't bother me if I showed up here on a Sunday morning and none of y'all came to class because you were all serving somewhere like that. It would be a little weird. I'd be like, why did everybody sign up for the first Sunday (laughs) (laughs) and nor should you do it every Sunday. So let's just keep let's keep that in balance like there's times when they built and then there's times when they worship. So let's, uh, we can't, keep, but, but, but you have a special set of skills and you know a thing or two because you've seen a thing or two. So apply them, okay? Apply them. I don't know what I did with my, okay. Maybe. All right. So this wise heartedness it's important to remember the Lord put it in you. It's not of the flesh. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, <clears throat> for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Like it's really interesting to me that the Lord chooses to use simple folk to do his work. And he takes great pleasure in giving simple people that are not trying to do it of their own volition that seek him and that brings him great. Not many wise men after the flesh. Now you may have heard, and I, I meant to look it up, but I failed to do so. There is a, a story about, I think it's Salvation Army based, uh, a quote that says something like, God does not call the prepared. He prepares the called, Okay. That's not 100% accurate, because according to 1 Corinthians 1, not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Some of them are, okay? So God does, in fact, call the prepared from time to time. Sometimes he takes people through things. I don't know, maybe they were slaves in Egypt, and maybe they had specific responsibilities for those slaves, not just building bricks, but... Certain manner of cuttings of uh, carvings of wood or cutting of stones or working with textiles that I'm sure were part of the story, that he used that. And then later, when he when Moses come down and was like, hey, I, we're going to build this tabernacle and this is what it's going to look like. And there were all these people, tangible people that had blood running through their veins, just like you and I, that are like, God taught me how to do that. I know how to do that. I can do that for the Lord. Like, I don't know, play the bass. Or, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Did you know how to play the bass before you you started playing here? Well, I started out when I was 15 and played through high school a little bit, but then...
1: But then By the time
0: college it, it, was, it had been in the closet for. A okay, so you dusted it off, but you started before. God called you to use it now, but He had taken you through some things, right? Like, let the Lord use your previous experiences in ministry now. It's OK. It's OK. First Corinthians 3:18, "Let no man deceive himself if any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world." Let him become a fool that he may be wise. If you think you come walking in the door, I know how to do it all. Everybody out of the way. I am an IT wizard or I know how to play the piano and I'm probably the best in here. I'm using two things that I'm clearly not an IT wizard and know how to play the piano. Like that is not, those are farthest from the truth. Like like you cannot walk in to a ministry and demand that everybody get out of the way because you're clearly the most learned on this. That's not how it works. If you seem to be wise in, the, in this world, let him become a fool. Abase yourself, and then you'll be promoted. It, ha- it can't be of the flesh. It's gotta be of the spirit. Ephesians three sixteen to 19, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all, uh, filled with all the goodness of God. Like literally, this is a situation where what God has put in you can flow out. Not like, I I love you, but I don't want your flesh flowing out on the table. I want the spirit flowing out of you, right? If you had, like, if your flesh is flowing out on the table, I'll just call it saliva and we need to like disinfect that. (laughs) Like, that's not what I want from you. That's not what the Lord wants from you. He wants your spirit. He wants this inner man strengthened by faith to understand and comprehend, to know the love of Christ. (coughs) So our second building lesson, you have gifts that are essential for the service of the Lord. And by gifts, so this made me, I was watching a little bit of football yesterday and there are some people that are just really good at football. Like real. I saw a dude move in ways that I didn't think was possible to avoid three tacklers and dive forward a whole extra yard to get a first down. Like, the dude was like, wah, rr, wah. was like, it was like uh, Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. The people were coming at unusual. Like, and he got by them all. Like three dudes were right there and none of them could tackle him. He had to have had Vaseline all over his jersey. I don't know. None of them could tackle this dude. That guy had amazing gifts an amazing talent that he has he's fostered, right? And there's another saying, right? Something to the effect of hard work beats talent all the time, unless talent works hard, right? And so that premise, that premise in sport, if you just are talented and you show up, you're gonna get beat by someone who's worked hard. But if that person with talent also works hard, Right, So you have gifts that have been put inside of you, talents that have been put inside of you. It's your job to work them out. It's your job to work them out. Use them. And then our last point today is discipleship personified. Discipleship personified. Now, I'm not going to read all of this. We read it before. But Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri. Okay. And he filled him with the spirit of God and wisdom and understanding and knowledge and all manner of workmanship to be able to devise curious works, to be able to, to make things. He could work in gold and silver and brass and he can cut stones, he can carve wood. And this carving of wood is interesting because the carving of wood to make acacia wood strong would have required a lot of joining the woodworking term is joining, taking two pieces of wood and putting them together. To do that back then without nails, without hammers, without screws, it required dovetails and and like carving of wood to be able to go together. For things to work, he had to be able to carve to make these things. And he put in his heart in verse 34 that he may teach both he and a Aholiab they're gonna teach them, hath he filled with wisdom of heart to work all manner of work, of the engraver, the cunning workman, the embroiderer, in blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and the weaver, even of them that do any work and of those that devise cunning work. So it's his job, it's their job to teach. I think this is really interesting. So don't mess up here on the, on the wording. There wasn't an embroiderer sitting over in the corner that was a machine that got plugged in, that's a person. An embroiderer's a person. Uh, and uh, the weaver was not a piece of equipment, but was a person who weaved, right? And of them that do any work and those that devise cutting work, these two guys had a responsibility. So we see that Bezalel teaches Aholiab and then they work, not just devising the plan or planning, they also work, and while they are working, they taught and oversaw. Ver, uh, now look at, look at chapter 36 for just a moment. Look at chapter 36 for just a moment. And, and Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom. So there were people who maybe had experience in Egypt, but they weren't in charge. They just had to show up and embroider. There were people that had experience in weaving. We actually saw the ladies, the women were doing that even as things were being offered. Like they all brought these uh, uh, experiences and talents to the table, but there was a discipleship process, okay? There was a discipleship process. So Bezalel teaches Aholiab and they teach others as they work. This is again personified in, in 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And we also see it in Acts 20, and how Paul says, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly. So there's teaching, and then there's showing would be like sitting down, like one on one discipleship and showing someone in scripture, showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Paul rolled up his sleeves. He didn't just prepare once a week. He ministered. He was involved in Bible study. He discipled. He counseled. He was very transparent. This caused me to think about something from, from my past. And on the left, you'll see um, it's, a, it's a, an apprenticeship picture. The man swinging the hammer is the blacksmith. And there's a young man with him who's his apprentice. Now, apprenticing in, in um, artisan craftsman type work was often your children, but not always, okay? Sometimes you would take somebody, take an apprentice. But do you know how you apprentice somebody? You just bring them alongside of you and they help you. And in this case, he's holding something that the, the blacksmith is whacking and that whole time the apprentice can ask questions why did you do it that way or the the the, the mentor is saying now I got to do it in this way because of this implication all right did you see how that happened and it, or oh oh we messed up did you see why that happened all right that's that's the concept of apprenticeship and it's really kind of lost on today's like everybody I saw this this week uh, in order to get a job you have to have experience but in order to have experience you have to have a job right like we we think of that nowadays. Everybody wants to hire people already trained. It's much harder to find people who are willing to apprentice people or train people. Okay, this is a very specific black shop, uh, blacksmith shop. Does anybody by chance know where this blacksmith shop is? It's okay My if you don't. Backyard. Not you know. This is in this is over in Blue Springs, Lee Summit. This is at Missouri Town, eighteen fifty five. Okay. Oh, wow. So I worked at Missouri town for a summer and I was apprenticed in this very black shop or blacksmith shop. Now, I didn't get very far. I, I, they actually asked me to leave fairly quickly because I wasn't a great apprentice. <laughs> but I, when I see this picture, I can still smell it, okay? I can still picture myself spatially in that, in that grabbing tools and helping the blacksmith, okay? I was unfortunately not a great apprentice, but I had an opportunity to apprentice as a blacksmith for a short period of time. And if I could go back and take one class over again, it would be blacksmithing. Um, that was a very special time in my life where someone was, uh, was investing in, in me. And that is how the tabernacle was built. People that already had some talent people that already had some ability and they were refined into what the, the goal of this specific project was, what the tabernacle was. So yeah, you, you, you spent years toiling under, the, under the, the, uh, the whip in Egypt, but the Lord was preparing you to carve this wood to build him this place to be worshiped. Yeah, I know, you spent years making other people rich, working in silver and gold and, and brass, and but now you get the opportunity to invest in the Lord's place of worship. I don't know what it is that you've done in your past that needs to be applied here, but I'm, my guess is that there's something. My guess is that you need to invest in a very tangible way here if you're not already doing it. So our last building lesson of the morning Discipleship and leadership training require transparency and proximity. Proximity. Now, I've noticed today, no one sat in the front row except Shane. And he's all the way over there on the side, so it kind of doesn't count. There is no proximity right now. Now, there's a little bit more proximity than upstairs or next door or back over in main service, okay? Meaning we're a little more intimate. But this is not where discipleship and leadership training takes place. Discipleship and leadership training takes place in transparency and proximity. It's our interactions in the hallway. It's our planning. It's our, it's our coordinating. It's our, all the different things that we have to do in this place. Okay, it's our time around the word and, and at the Perkins, uh, I, I'm using that because that's the guy's Bible study or at the Renault's or, or soon to be, uh, you know, in Olathe. Is that what you said in Olathe? Uh, like it takes proximity. It takes closeness, but it also takes transparency on the part of the teacher. It takes an amazing amount of transparency. You cannot apprentice somebody without screwing up in front of them. I see that. Okay. I just did. Um, I've had the opportunity to, in my professional career, to apprentice a few folks, and you mess up in front of them. Guess what? That's part of their learning. It's literally part of their learning. And I love, well, one, because I like making fun of him when I can, I love when Sam messes up. Because it shows me he's real. He's transparent, and we both can learn from that. And guess what? I know I mess up in front of y'all, and you can hold me account to it, right? I mean, you can, you can just say, hey, you know, you messed up, and I'm like, yep, yep. Transparency and proximity. Let's look at our last verse. where we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Some have the responsibility of overseeing and discipling and mentoring. Some are being mentored and some, are, some might just be this lowly weaver over in the corner, taking purple and blue, and they don't even see the end result. That, there's, that the yarn or thread that they're making ends up as part of the beautiful embroidery of the, of, of the curtain, of the, of the veil. Like, that's okay. Everybody got a part. So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members of another. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for loving us. We thank you that you've knit us together that we are members one of another and that there are things potentially that are needful here in this body that folks in Whole Heart or the folks listening to this later might need to step up and, and, and give their talents, their abilities, or, or maybe they don't even realize they have a talent or an ability yet, and, and you'll develop that in them. Uh, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for setting this beautiful pattern before us, not just of the tabernacle being built, but in this case, how it was built, how you use people. We love you and thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. <laughs>